Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 62. You've got Chris and Brian. Uh, the world has gone mad in Woo-hoo! the last week with the uh, coronavirus uh, flu glue. Uh, yeah, how many <laughs> names can we come up with? Wu Tang flu, flu glue, the Wu Tang. I got, yeah, there's the Wuhans. The Wuhan. Yep. Uh, yeah, so inside the past, uh, past week or so, uh, ammo has kind of dried up. Uh, we haven't seen seen ammo go this fast honestly since um sandy hook back in 2012 yeah um which means if you haven't previously stocked up heavily on ammo uh and you want to train um for defensive stuff um again because the world has gone kind of crazy uh here's some ideas on how to do that effectively um based on our experiences or recent um pistol training night absolutely and and i will also throw out the uh, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. Let's go buy lots of bullets thing um, because we might need them because the world's going to an end. What you need ammo for is to train with. Um, even if the world goes to an end, the likelihood of you as a cake-eating civilian or a lone law enforcement officer being drawn or sucked into a multi-mag firefight that you know something looks like something out of like heat in downtown LA um, is just simply not going to happen. Uh, it's not realistic. Uh, most most of the things that the world actually melted down are going to be fairly short incursions. They're going to be fairly short things that blow up and they're over really, really quickly. Just like a regular old civilian gunfight. Maybe uglier guns and maybe a few more rounds fired and maybe a little less concern about what's <laughs> your target's foreground and background might be at that point. Um, but, you know, so so buying the ammo, stocking up on the ammo is not worried about, you know, the Wu-Tang-Ageddon or whatever's coming. Um, it's more about having ammo to train with while supplies are, are being decimated by all the freaking panicking, stampeding sheep. Um, holy crap. Anyway, as we sit here and look out at Aldi's parking lot with 50 people waiting to get in the door in the morning, probably to buy toilet paper. God bless America, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, so uh, you know we're, we're, coming, we're coming at this from, from an idea of Hey, let's see how long the ammo crunch lasts, if it's for real or whatever. Um, but but that brought up some things for us. Um, and honestly, most of these things are things you should be doing anyways. Yeah. Regardless of whether there's an ammo crunch or not. Yeah, having ammo around. Guys, having a couple cases of 9mm around for most of you who who have who won't blink to spend five or six hundred dollars on a gun um, or 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 uh, fifteen hundred bucks on a rifle and another five hundred bucks or more on an optic and two to three or four hundred dollars on a flashlight, etc. Um, you know, and, and big bucks on a good knife and things of that nature. Having a couple cases of ammo laying around um, at, for for the class opportunity or training opportunity that pops up. Whether it's formal or tribal, um, having have an ammo around is, is a good thing, um, and not for the, the apocalypse, but simply for the opportunity to go train uh, uh, at, at your leisure or convenience as things pop up. So um, along those lines, guys, um, sub-caliber rifles. If you don't want to spend money on 5.56, build a 9mm two-two-three or buy a good 9mm, I'm sorry, a 9mm AR. Um, if you run an AK, there are lots of nine millimeter AKs now. I don't know what the quality looks like, but if it's cheaper to shoot, it's cheaper to shoot. Um, you get into subcaliber rifles, uh, 22s, uh, having a Ruger 10, 22 takedown, um, to me now is almost like you should have a Ruger 10, 22, no matter what for the last like 30 years. Cause it's probably about the best cheap gun to shoot out there ever in semi-auto. And if you needed to press it into defensive use, um, it's better than a sharp stick. Yeah. Right. 
So a 22 AR is now probably the equivalent of that if you're buying a good one. Um, you know, talk to us about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, just having a good semi-auto 22 is a great plinker, great trainer, great whatever to play with. It's cheap to shoot, etc. Lining up the sights, pulling the trigger is lining up the sights, pulling the trigger is lining up the sights, pulling the trigger. Um, you know, so look at those types of options as well as conversion kits for your AR. If you've got an AR set up and it's your go-to gun, um, slapping a CMMG conversion kit in it for 250 bucks is one of those things that it's not going to be a target gun, but it will let you generally run the gun in the same way with the same sights, the same light, the same whatever, and, and let you practice skills um, and apply those skills to tactics in a sub-caliber, low-cost environment. Uh, also, low-noise environment. So if you have some place that you... Maybe you want to go shoot, but you don't want to, you know, raise the neighbor's hackles quite so much. Rimfire is really good for that. Um, suppressed rimfire is even better. So, um, you know, definitely some options to avail yourself of. Um, you know, we've we've kind of covered some of these things before, but just as a quick reminder, you know, as you're in and out and you're freaking about not freaking out about not being able to get ammo for training, um, then you know, stop by and talk to us. If you're freaking out about not having ammo for the end of the world. Buy a couple of boxes of HSTs or or the Gold Dot 62 grain AR stuff, and make sure you got a couple boxes of that covered. And the reality of things is, if things melt down far enough, you're using ball ammo to defend yourself. Um, be a better shot, suck less, because shot placement still trumps what rounds you're putting into meat. So I'll stop preaching. Yeah. Um, on that note, the one of the main takeaways from this last training night. Um, was the guys that could put rounds where they needed to go at 20 and 25 yards um, had absolutely no problem burning things down up close. Yeah. And we, we talk burning things down up close. We're talking putting rounds into the credit card on an EPSIC target at seven yards and then four rounds very rapidly into um, like a six-inch, eight-inch circle. What's the fast circle? Eight -inch uh, I think circle? it's an eight-inch circle. It's a three-by-five card and then an eight-inch circle at 21 feet. Uh, so we had started off our night with the fast test from pistoltraining.com. Um, this is from concealment, uh, a draw two rounds into that three by five card, and then a reload um, from slide lock and four rounds um, into that eight inch circle. Um, the goal being to do the whole thing under five seconds. Uh, if you can run it from concealment, um, proper concealment with your mag is also concealed under seven. Um, that's generally the sign of a very squared away shooter. Um, yeah, going dropping below five is 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 expert. Um, almost I, world class. I, yeah, I'd almost say super ninjified. Uh, I know that you know when when Todd Green was still alive. Um, that my understanding from one of one of our cohorts that we shoot with on a regular basis uh, followed Todd closely, um, and and has actually shot. I, I would say a number of us have shot the fast test under five seconds clean. But to get a coin from Todd, my understanding is it had to be in a class. It had to be from concealment or with the constraints. If you were running duty gear, there yeah. are some additional constraints. But if you are if you were running from concealment, everything had to be concealed, 21 feet, under five seconds, twice clean in the class. And it couldn't be one of those things where you took lunch and went and ran it 100 times over lunch. You basically had to be doing it cold. Um, and my understanding is Todd only gave out 20-some coins. I think it's less than that. Yeah, you know, in, in that, you know, in his, in the time he developed the test before he passed. Um, you know, so that's, that's, uh, and, and, you know, there's probably some pretty good shooters and a lot of people flowing through those classes. I've never done it, I've never done it twice in one day without having done it a number of times. I've done it a few times under five seconds clean, but I've never done it twice 
Yeah. It, I've never done it the way it's supposed to be done clean twice, which is basically on demand twice. Um, yeah, I've shot it's it hard. three times. This is a class down attack through response. Um, shot it clean three times at like 5.17, 5.2. Yeah. Like 5.14 with an overhead rack because we were at tactical response. Yeah. Which is yeah, a hard. bunch of time. Yeah, that's that's hard. Um, yeah. So I mean yeah. it's 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 a legit drill if you're if you're sub seven. Um, and a number of us I think were consistently sub seven, a number of us weren't, but I mean there are also guys running newer systems and and some newer shooters there too. So um, but yeah, I, I you know that it, it's it's a tough drill, but it's it's a good skills drill. Um, for those of you that are going to talk about the, you know, the tactics of two to slide lock and a reload, it's a skills drill. It's no different than a one round reload, one round or whatever all the cool guys are doing on the interwebs right now. Um, just a different beast that kind of helps you zone in on some things you may or may not need to work on. Yeah, It's honestly also a very good evaluation of where your skills are at right now. Yeah. Um, and it takes six rounds. Yep. Easy peasy. Um, so, so we did from, that. From there, uh, we went back to 25 yards. Yep. Uh, we did the DeFore pistol test number two, or DeFore part two of the pistol test. Um, but it, it was two rounds from the draw um, on a quarter size steel silhouette at 25 yards, part time of four seconds. Yep. Um, some guys had no trouble at all doing that um, every single time. Other guys, it was much more of a challenge. And I, I one of the one of the things that I saw, you know, we broke up into two relays and, and took two different sides of the range. Um, you know, one of the things that I saw that, that we spoke about within our little group was um, urgency of draw stroke. When you get back to twenty five yards and you've got four seconds, people tend to like all of a sudden like take a break on their draw stroke and and maybe hone it but slow down versus moving with alacrity. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and I, I want to say I was consistently in the low twos, um, with two hits. Um, thank God for dot sided optics, uh, on mm -hmm. guns. Cause it, it does make a difference. Yeah. Um, so. uh, to, to quote Mike Pannone or maybe paraphrase at this point, Mike Pannone on the draw stroke, um, uh, whether you're at, at say, you know, five yards or 500 yards, um, your draw stroke speed, um, the presentation change. should be exactly the same. Yeah. Um, what will change is the level of precision and refinement in your sight picture. Yeah. Uh, so obviously that, you know, if we were shooting a pistol at 500 yards, we would take a bit more time to line up the sights than we would at five yards. Yeah. But getting there is going to take the exact same yeah. amount of time. Get, get the gun out, get the gun into the fight. Um, a bad guy at 25 yards, you know, can still kill you. Um, just as dead as a bad guy can at five yards. So, yeah. But anyway, so one of the things we worked on there. Um, you know, I, I think the misses, quite honestly, were almost exclusively attributed, attributable to um, poor trigger management. I mean, and I think that was everybody's consensus. The shooters, are, the guys we're shooting with, are skilled enough to know that they were mashing the trigger, that it, that it wasn't not giving themselves enough time to refine the sight alignment because you had four, the, the part time was four seconds. Super and, forgiving. Yeah, super, super forgiving. You know, there's no reason there. Um, but guys were just trying to rush it and smash the trigger. And, and uh, ironically, the miss was almost always the second shot. It was almost never the first shot for the guys in our group. So Yeah. Um, yeah, from there, we went on to the 500-point uh, pistol aggregate. So this was shot on B8 uh, repair center targets. And this is a Pat Mac drill uh, starting 
at 20 yards, um, 10 rounds, slow fire. Two hands. Two hands, um, so untimed. Just really work on your, your marksmanship skills. Put the rounds where they need to go. Um, from there, we moved up to 15 yards. Mm -hmm. um, it was 10 rounds, strong hands, slow fire. And then 10 rounds, um, support hands, slow fire. And then at 10 yards, um, 10 rounds in 20 seconds. And at 7 yards, um, 10 rounds in 7 seconds. Um, goal being, I'd say, to shoot a 450 or above. Yeah. And yeah. I think a, a number of us shot 450s and above. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, you, you know, when you're chewing up the center of a B8 and 50 rounds bad enough, you can't count the shots um, in general. You know, if you've got a few out there in the light, in the buff zone, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we, again, we had some guys, and the other thing that this drill did is if you are a just relatively competent shooter, um, it gave some of the guys that maybe it, it brought some flaws. It made them visible in a data point manner. Um, a lot of guys had targets that had, you know, their, their pattern, their groupings were skewed low or they were skewed to the left or whatever. And, and it became very obvious after firing 50 rounds at various differences um, at different rates of fire. It, it brought some, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing. I need to work on X, Y, or Z uh, because your target gave you enough feedback at that point versus just hitting a steel plate. Ting, hit, okay. But was it, you know, a centered up hit or not? Right. Um, you know, paper's, paper's a lot better for diagnostics than steel. Um, and I do think some guys got to see some stuff where they're like, wow, I wonder if that's a sight issue or if that's a finger placement on the trigger issue or a grip issue or just how I'm driving the trigger issue. But you were, you got good feedback you could react to and make some changes. And I think that ended up mattering. Yeah. Or with a dot, is it an offset issue? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, cause I mean, I noticed that, you know, I was probably biased a little bit low on the target from the center. Um, but the hits were generally... Um, like I think I had 15 hits out of the black. Everything else was in the black. The center of the target was actually almost counting. It was almost impossible because it was chewed up enough. Yeah. So it was good stuff. Again, love the dot. Uh, from after we did that, uh, we decided to race. So we ran uh, another team max drill. Uh, I think this fat was, men can move, and they can move quite well actually when they want to. Oh. <laughs> uh, so starting at the 45-yard line with, I'd say, the better part of 25 yards between the two shooters, so we kept this very safe. Uh, you had to run from the 45-yard line to the 25-yard line, make one hit on that quarter-size steel silhouette, uh, run up to the 20-yard line, a hit on the silhouette, um, run to 15, make the hit, um, come back to 20, make a hit, back to 25, make a hit, and then finish uh, by crossing the 45-yard line. Ahead of your challenger. Uh, so it really, it was one of those things that kind of amps everybody up, uh, makes you breathe a little hard, especially towards the end, um, really focuses on how can I move efficiently with the pistol in a safe manner. Uh, and it it's a good reminder that you can't miss fast enough to make up time on the run. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we had a few different situations where we had, um, you know, you know, a, a decently skilled shooter slow down enough to make the hits and beat somebody who might've generally been faster than them. Um, you know, in the case of me, I was just awesome. I was so fast. You've never seen that much mass move that fast. 
since like Tony Mandarich back in the '90s playing football for Michigan State. But he was all roided up, so you know he was cheating. Me, I'm all natural, baby. <laughs> uh, it was a fun drill, guys. Do you know if you're out on the range, you could do stuff to get your blood pumping. Um, th- this was a hoot. Um, some good natured jabbing occurred. Um, we did have a couple fat guys beat a couple skinny guys, and and you know fat power, fat power. Fight the establishment. Uh, all the skinny bullshit when the Wu-Tang hits and everybody needs food, I got a built-in reserve. Laugh all you want. And when I just outran you, uh-huh, now. Now what? Yeah. Um, good stuff. So we, we added that to it. Like I said, a little bit of physical stressor. Um, I do like the challenge anytime you can implement man-on-man stuff. Um, anytime you can, you can kind of get the group working, um, challenging each other and kind of going, okay, let's get after this. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy that. I generally will try and grab somebody if I'm doing a man on, I try and grab somebody that can, that I think can beat me and say, let's go. Um, which is the reason I grabbed Wolfie because I figure Wolfie will be able to outrun me mm-hmm. and he shoots w- well enough. Um, and so, you know, d- definitely chase that challenge down. Don't, don't, don't go look for the slug in the group, chase down the challenge, chase down somebody who's better than you and see if you can beat them. Um, because if you focus, you never know, you might have a good day. So, and it's fun. Yeah. Um, the other cool thing about this drill is that it really forces you to work through your fundamentals. Um, it reinforces accuracy, uh, marksmanship, and all that kind of stuff. And if you shoot it clean, it takes five rounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, you know, if you're running, if you're doing this on paper with a timer, uh, implement some kind of a scoring system where, you know, A zone hits are, are no penalty time, um, a C zone hit. You know, is plus a second or plus two seconds. A D zone hit on an F6 target is plus, you know, say five seconds. Yeah. Um, because then you're not necessarily shooting till you make the hit. Um, but you've got to make sure you get rounds where they need to go. Yeah, and if you, you know, and if you wanted to turn this into a mini workout, literally for a box of ammo, literally for what dot torture would cost you, um, you could run. You know, if you didn't miss, you could run ten rounds of this get in some sprints, get in yeah. some shots, get in some some elevated, little mildly elevated cardio stuff and do this, you know, every two minutes on the minute, every three minutes on the minute, something like that, and run through it. And, and you know, by the time you ran through it eight or ten times, um, the last few runs would be way different than the first few runs. And it, it would, you know, be a nice little quickie workout with some shooting involved. So, you know, bear, bear that in mind, too, if you've got access to that kind of facility to do those things. So. Yep. Uh, after that, we finished up uh, with the Grid of Fire from T-Max along with the Blaze X. Um, we ran both of those primarily uh, on the mod, so not two hands all the time. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what that is, um, Google T-Max or Pat Mac, um, Grid of Fire and Blaze X. Um, he's got really good video tutorials on how to run those drills and how to run them safely. Yep. Um, but again, moving, um, really good footwork reinforcement, uh, be able to, to establish, you know, grip and sight picture, um, refining the, the amount of sight picture that you need, um, at various distances and, you know, be able to do that kind of stuff kind of with an elevated heart rate. Yeah. Um, and be able to, especially when you shoot these drills on the mod, so shooting strong hand, um, support hand, switching between them. Uh, again, this is more of a skills builder type drill, um, but it, it forces you to shoot one-handed and forces you to shoot one-handed support hand. 
um, which most of us really don't enjoy doing. Yeah, and and I will say to you guys that I for me the biggest opportunity with the with both the Grid of Fire and Blaze X um, is is the focus on what are you doing with your body, um, and and that starts from the foundation from the ground up because if you're at some of the closer locations toward the targets, you may not need to get both feet set. It may be one of those things where you charge up to the position, you're trying to put the brakes on, and you're on your toes trying to get stopped and, and you realize that you you've got enough enough slowing of movement you don't need full cessation of movement you've got enough slowing of movement that you can refine a sight refine a sight picture enough to get a hit on a, a, a decent target while you're still moving take the shot and then move and go again versus when you get to the back maybe you need to get that position and and you slide into that position and set up and get locked in you know and then take the shot you know it just lets you it gives you a really good idea of of how important it may or may not be based on proximity to the target to get locked into place. And I also think that the more you do it, the more it just speeds up the entire process. And the reality check is a lot of what, you know, some of these high level guys teach is a, in, 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 in a, a competition world too, at a very high level movement yeah. wins the match. Everybody can yeah. shoot. I can teach a monkey to shoot. It's the movement where you're getting from one position to another as quickly as you can but then more, as much or more so maybe even than that is getting stopped in enough of a position to make the hits. We've all watched videos where uh, Frank Proctor's been doing a bunch of stuff around PCC. And the further out shots, he runs the position, sets up hard, and then starts shooting. The closer up shots where he can burn it, he might be standing on one foot getting ready to step over the foul line or fault line or box, yeah. step out of the box. But until you touch, you're good. And he's taking those shots on one foot under motion, getting his hits. Because they just don't require the refinement of position, of body position, et cetera, because of distance. So understanding that, um, you know, heaven forbid you're in the real world and find yourself surprised and you need to move. If the distances are right, you may still be able to make effective, responsible hits on a target if you've trained to do it. If all you've ever stood around is dead footed shooting on the range, you're not going to know what that feels like. And it is nice to know you can get somewhere quick and maybe take the shot faster than you would perfectly yeah. and be good enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on on further further study for movement, um, there's a, a lady named Kita Busey who has a, a supposedly a very excellent book on movement um, for the shooting sports. Um, it's on my reading list. I haven't read it yet. Um, you can find it on Amazon. Um, I think she, at the at the moment she's kind of the subject matter expert on this area. Okay. Um, spent about two years doing a lot of kinesthetic study and motion study and things of how do we move more efficiently for the shooting sports. Yeah. Um, if you want to take a class uh, with that mentality, Pat Mack, uh, the, the Pat's, some of Pat's classes work a lot on movement, um, yeah, getting getting places and doing same things. Same with uh, Mike Pannone. Yeah, and then the other one I'd throw out locally, if you can catch um, Dave Spalding here locally, his critical space pistol class, which I'm, I'm honestly not even sure he's still teaching. Uh, but his critical space pistol class is a lot about getting into position and then shooting or moving off the X, so to speak, into, you know, someplace else and getting in position and shooting. Um, again, with a focus on how perfect do things need to be. Um, and it's kind of surprising once you've done it a little bit. Guys, this also plays into, you know, it, it's, I, I, will, I will not sit here and preach to you about athleticism or PT, um, but I do work out a couple times a week and, and for pretty damn hard too. Yeah, pretty, pretty hard too. And, and for, you know, for a fluffy guy, you know, I, I move all right. Um, uh, you know, understanding that 
PT matters. Being able to move matters. Having some strength, the ability to move explosively, um, and you know, is is it, it matters. It, it will matter. It's going to matter. It matters right now. Um, so you know, a, a lot of this can be. We talk about the guns, the bullets, the bang. Um, there's a certain reality check to you know the the kitchen, the kitchen, the gym, the kettlebells, whatever. Um, they 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 matter too, and they're easy to get to. It's not hard to get to. Um, so you know, kick, kick that around a little bit. Yeah. Um, the other thing with, you know, with all these drills, um, by the way, I'm eating a donut right now. <laughs> um, they're generally low round count. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not, when we go out and train, you know, our goal is very rarely to just do mag dumps for the sake of doing mag dumps. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, yeah. we, we try to account and have a purpose for every round we send down range. Yeah. Um, you could honestly do most of these drills, um, with a like a CO2 powered pellet gun, if you needed to, um, you could definitely do them with a 22 long rifle pistol, yeah. uh, like a Glock 44 or a Ruger, uh, like a 2245. Um, yeah, there's ways yeah. to to train. Um, honestly, a lot of them, if you had a double action, single action pistol, um, you could do them dry to pretty good effect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, your neighbors might look at you kind of weird if you're running around in your backyard dry firing. Um, but, you know, heck with those guys. Just tell them it's a cap gun. Most of them won't know the difference anyway. And if they do, they might think you're pretty cool or really scary. Either way. Uh, yeah. On that note, um, we will bring this this particular podcast to an end. Uh, come, and visit, come and visit us, provided you are healthy and you have washed your hands. Uh, we're in Hilliard, Ohio. 4465 Cemetery Road. You can also send a friend. It's okay to have a friend come get bullets or other gear for you. It's okay. Uh, yeah, we are on social media as long as they let us stick around. Yep. Uh, find us at Cap City Outfitters on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and if you have other questions, uh, send us an email, info at capcityoutfitters.com. Or stop in. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>